Greetings, constant listeners. It's Michael, Monroeville Mall, Rothman. What you're about to hear is a clip from our exclusive Patreon episode where us losers rank the 10 best short stories of Stephen King's work. Well, at least between Night Shift, Skeleton Crew, and Nightmares and Dreamscapes, which we just closed the book on. It's a fun episode, as you'll no doubt find out. And if you want to hear the full thing, you'll want to become a librarian over at our Patreon, The Barons. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can just go straight to the link, www.patreon.com slash thebarons. Hope to see you there over long days and pleasant nights. So essentially what we did was we had four of the losers uh, put their top 15 of the 66 into a spreadsheet, and then we inverted that order. So a one would get a score of a 15, a two would get a score of a 14, and so on and so on. So we added all those up, averaged them out, saw which ones came out on top, and it looked like we were about 60 to 70% in agreement. Um, we'll get to what the top stories are, but it looks like all of us you know, included that in our list. And at the end, there's a couple stragglers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your favorite is not in this list, know that it was probably a close runner-up. Yeah. And we'll give our individual ones after we yeah. give our our actual ranking. Yeah, here. we could truck through those at yeah. the end. I mean, well, unless unless someone's favorite was like dedication or something, then it probably wasn't. A, <laughs> it probably wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a contender. And so yeah. what if it was? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, uh, the man with flowers. I don't think is uh, is was pretty high in any in other ones either, which is mm-hmm. a bummer. But anyway, uh, I just spoiled. We just spoiled two of them. What is number ten, Flieger? <laughs> Number 10 is The Boogeyman. Ooh, Mr. Bozeman himself. Uh, Caffrey, I know you really love this story. If I recall from the Night Shift episode, I want to say you and Mac really gravitated uh, toward this one. Am I right? I mean, it's been like three years at this point. Yeah, that that was really high for me. I love (laughs) The Boogeyman. It's just such a nasty story. Um, I mean, lots of King stories are nasty, right? But this really holds nothing back. I feel like it takes a very unflinching view of parenthood. I love that the guy's kind of an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he describes... I hate to say, oh, I love how he describes the baby death, because that sounds awful on my part, but it's so horrific the way he talks about these kids dying. And and, it, and I don't know, it's, it's tough, because sometimes King's scummier characters are not very magnetic, and we don't want to be in the same room with them or pay attention to them, but... For whatever reason, uh, Lester, I think he just... King has this voice with him that's just so compelling. Like, you mm-hmm. love to hate the guy, and then you also feel bad for him. Um, also, this is such a weird thing. There's this children's singer-songwriter named Don Cooper, who my niece and nephew like to listen to, and I used to listen to him as a kid. And he has a song called The Boogeyman that's about how the boogeyman is actually friendly. And the video, uh, the video for the song has this guy in a boogeyman puppet suit dancing it's not supposed to be scary but it's freaky as hell yeah i just saw i just saw that before this so when i picture the boogeyman the story that's that's what i imagine but yeah huge fan of boogeyman yeah well it should be noted boogeyman i I don't remember if you said it's if it is from night shift so the first story on this list is a night shift story so score one for night shift (laughs) one for night one for night shift uh i yeah i I, i'm a i'm a big fan of the boogeyman um I, I love the uh, the sleight of hand uh, that this uh, the story does uh, at the end. Um, one of his best, uh, I think, like best punchlines, if you want to call it that, or best uh, kickers, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, final moments of this story, um, which I mean, by all means, we could spoil these because everyone who's listening to this is, I hope, have read every one of these stories. Um, but the fact that the the therapist turns out to be, uh, or Doctor Harper turns out to be, Mister Bozeman himself. 
Um, let's just say uh, this little reader, uh, this little constant reader, didn't see that coming when I read that uh, as a young uh, as a yeah. young one. Um, I picture like a thriller reveal with Michael Jackson at the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, well, Jen, do you? What are your thoughts on uh, Bozeman? So this one, um, this was actually not in my 15, although if we had done a top 25, it probably would have been because Mm -hmm. this was one of the first King stories I think I ever read. Um, I didn't read these collections straight through probably until I was an adult. I just would grab them and like look for the titles that sounded spooky, you know? And so I think this and the Mangler were probably the first two that I went to. And I just read this all the time. I think I have read this to people to try to scare them before. <laughs> uh, and do you read just, to your kids? The, the oh, no, no, cruel. I do not read to my kids. Although it's funny you mentioned that. Like I just grew up so afraid that there was going to be something in my closet. And like that phrase, like open, but just a crack has always kind of haunted me. Um, but this is one like, um, Pet Cemetery that got a lot harder for me to read after I had kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only one of the 10 that I didn't <laughs> revisit for this episode. And I still love it. Um, it's just there. It's just a little bit hard for me to read um, because I just feel so bad for those kids. And it's just uh, but I think it's really spooky. And I love the story a lot. It's just one. Maybe I'll revisit it when they're like 15 or something. <laughs> when they, you yeah. they no longer have to like, you know, read them to sleep or something like that yeah that's right yeah <laughs> i just imagine weird. the image of the closet like clothing and like closing and all that's it just still is so haunting um yeah mm-hmm. it, it is weird because the the kids are kind of going through hell even before all the boogeyman stuff happens mm-hmm. he really does paint this horrible this like the dad tries to portray himself as this good guy but you're like no he's kind of a horrible dad too and i love that you really do wonder for most of the story and it's funny because a lot i know a lot of people don't like the ending because they feel like it confirms that the guy did not do it, right? Because the whole time it's toying with the idea that, well, maybe he's he's the one who's actually been killing his kids. And then the end, it like fully on confirms, no, there is an actual boogeyman who is a reptilian creature and there's slime. But I love that about it. I, I kind of, I, I always like when the monster is real. So I think that's why I like it. Same. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, you already have that with Strawberry Spring. I always get it mess, mixed up because of the fucking Coldplay song. But it's it's strawberry spring, right? Because that's the one that also reveals the killer. <laughs> strawberry swing. I think before I think before we had to scrub the episodes of copyright music, I think we put strawberry swing. We did. On the outro. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's funny.